Help! I'm in love with an Indian. The differences in cultural expectations, gender roles, and family systems is a lot to handle at once. And I have no idea where to start. If that sounds like you, you're in the right place. This episode, we go way beyond learning how to wear a sari and eat with your hands. This is a deep dive. So get on your burkini and let's jump in. Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm Jessica Kumar. In 2006, I first came to India for work and basically never looked back. My journey took me through learning Hindi, living in multiple parts of India. The Invisible India podcast isn't just a place where I share about being married to an Indian, being a foreigner in India, the language learning process, and cross-cultural parenting. But it is a platform to highlight the lesser-known aspects of Indian culture by featuring stereotype-breaking Indians making waves in society. So chaliye, headphone laga ke suniye hamare saath. Namaste sablog, Jessica here. Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm super thrilled today to be talking about a few tips that I have collected along the way of my almost 16 years being involved in Indian culture and especially about being in a relationship with an Indian. As you know, Abhishek and I have been married for 11 years. We currently live in northern India where he is from in Bihar after living in the United States together for six years or so. Here we are, we're back in India, and I have to say there are so many things that I have learned even living in Abhishek's home state that I had really no clue even when I was living in India as a single person. So I've compiled some of those tips and I wanted to share them with all of you. But before we dive in, I want to read a couple of reviews. So forgive me if I'm being braggadocious, but I wanted to share what a few other people are saying. These are some reviews from iTunes. And if you leave a review, I will personally track you down, come to your house, and bring you some homemade laddus. Just kidding. But I will read it on air. (laughs) So feel free to go leave us a review on the platform that you listen to. Here are some reviews from Apple Podcasts. Stephanie says, refreshing, real, and humble. This couple keeps it real. Jessica speaks with a humble intelligence that's refreshing and at times hilarious. Six out of five stars. (laughs) I married into an Indian family and listening to Jessica and Abhishek's experiences has really helped me become more knowledgeable and comfortable with Indian culture. Oh, thank you so much, Stephanie. That is so kind. Christina says, I would like to start out by thanking this lovely couple for sharing on this podcast. The podcast and information presented has been really helpful for my multicultural family, and I have a one-year-old that we are raising as multilingual, multicultural. I've been wanting to learn Hindi, and I've been trying, but resources are scarce and hard to use on my own without a teacher. Thanks to this podcast, I was introduced to Hindi Unlocked. Additionally, now I've been introduced to Himani Readers, an excellent literary resource for Indian American kids. Time and time again, I'm introduced to useful information which provides educated insight and countless resources which help me navigate this multicultural and multilingual journey that I'm on with my family. I'm grateful for this podcast exists. Also, Jessica is an inspiration to me as someone who learned Hindi and now can communicate with her friends, neighbors, and family in India in more than one language, which is something that I aspire to. She's able to communicate with her children in more than one language, and she shares her journey as a mother, all very helpful for a new mom like me. I follow the invisible... 
India Instagram page rather closely. So glad I found this resource. And my only wish is that I had found it sooner. <laughs> if you are really looking for a nice people with very helpful podcast about all things Indian from the perspectives of an Indian and American, then look no more. It's Invisible India. <laughs> <laughs> These people are like professional writers. So thank you, Stephanie and Christina, for your really kind words. And um, I'm just honestly really touched that you guys um, take so much effort to listen in every week and um, and to really reflect and, and share what you're learning. It helps us to know what we're doing right and how we can improve. So thank you so, so much. Whoever else leaves a review, I will be happy to read it on air. So I'll be watching my Apple Podcast reviews. If you're really excited about the show, I would suggest that you go onto our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash invisibleindia. And there are different levels where you can contribute to our podcast. As you know, this you don't necessarily get paid for doing a podcast. And so this is a way that you can support our show and get access to information and also help us to make decisions about the show like naming things and giving us inputs on the show that we definitely take to heart and put into things. So uh, go ahead and join our Patreon community. We just had a new person sign up, Craig. So thanks, Craig. I just want to give you a shout out for joining us on our elite level. Woohoo! What happens when you join on Patreon is you get additional content, you get direct access with us, and you can basically guarantee to get a response from us. One thing that I also do, especially with the higher levels, is is I provide specific recommendations for anything from learning Hindi or if you're a business person in India, uh, sending special resources that I've come to know of, of my journey of working in both the nonprofit world and in the IT world in India. So yeah, go ahead and check us out on Patreon and we would certainly appreciate your support there. The lowest level is something like $3 and goes up to 15 bucks. One other thing, I just wanted to say hello to all of our new listeners, anyone that recently found out about us from Podcast Movement, where I spoke on a virtual session about practicing cultural intelligence when you put your foot in your mouth. <laughs> Something I have a bit of experience with. So thank you, everyone that's joining us for the first time from Podcast Movement. For anyone that missed my session at Podcast Movement 2021, I did tweet about it quite a bit on my Twitter, Invisible India Twitter, and I shared some of my slides from the presentation on my Instagram. So go ahead and check that out. I also want to say a big fat thank you to our new Instagram followers. We just passed 10,000 Instagram followers, I guess, two weeks ago. And so anyone that's joining us here for the first time, I just want to say a special thank you. Welcome to the community. So let's get on with help. I'm in love with an Indian. The full video version is also up on our YouTube channel, Invisible India Podcast. So you can see my talking face and pictures coming across your screen while I speak. Chalie, aage badhte hain. Help! I am married to an Indian. Honestly, it is a clickbaity title. And I'm sorry to use that because honestly, you might not need help. But... I just want to share 
my thoughts, my opinions, and my experiences of living in India for now, uh, first time I came was 15 years back and being married to my partner, Abhishek, for 11 years. So what are some of the things I've learned, observed, adjustments that I needed to make to have a smoother relationship and things that I needed to kind of accommodate myself? Maybe we can also make a Help I Married to an American podcast and it would be just as many things to share. One thing I wanted to mention before we get started is people have asked, why is our podcast called the Invisible India Podcast? It's not that I think the Indians need representation by me um, or anyone else for that matter. It's that, or that like Indians aren't represented and need me to speak for India or represent India in any way. It's that we want to interview people who have an interesting story, people who are doing amazing things in society, people who are pushing for social change. So most of the episodes you're going to be hearing in 2021 are going to be people who are doing something different, who are pushing for social change, who are Indian or who are South Asian background. And of course, we also share our perspective of being myself, an American living in India, how I've adjusted and accommodated to the culture here. And then my partner, Abhishek, too, who is a returning NRI after living in the U.S. for 10 years. What's the experience like coming back and living in your country where you feel like a foreigner? So I want to get on with my tips of how I've accommodated and some things I've learned about being married cross-culturally to an Indian person. So as you guys know, I am from the U.S., Midwest, United States, Chicago area. I first came to India in 2006. I was able to learn fluent Hindi over the years. It's taken a lot of time, but here I am. Now, Abhishek and I have been married for 11 years. He's from North India. We have two kids. We've lived in multiple cities. Our life has been kind of all over the place. We've lived in each other's countries. Uh, for several years, even before we got married. So we lived in the U.S. together for six years before we moved here to India. And now it's we're going on our fifth year here in India. If you want to know Hindi, you can episode process And you can learn everything you need to know about how I learned Hindi and all that in other episodes which are also listed here. So let's get into it. What are some of the top things that I've learned about being married to an Indian? Number one, let's talk about extended family and in-laws. Being from an American Midwestern white background, my extended family, like we were pretty close, we are pretty close, but it's not like I was super connected to my cousins and we saw each other all the time. Understanding in, in most Indian families, your extended family is what people mean when they talk about their family. So considering extended family as a lot closer than you would from your home culture if you're from a Western, like, white family like I am. At times you might consider your extended family more like uh, someone like from my background would consider our immediate family. Who do you consult for decisions? Their needs might be as important as your own child's needs or your own immediate family's needs. So considering them, considering what is happening with them, keeping up to date and understanding. So that's the number one thing I would say is a huge difference that I've learned is considering the extended family is actually quite close family. 
The family structure is considered is very different in most cases. So in the West, we have like a very individualistic style of living. It's kind of from the time you're born to the time you grow up, it's kind of like expected that you're going to go live on your own. You're going to go do this. And that might not be the case in Indian and many South Asian households. And honestly, a lot of places around the world. (laughs) So many places in the world are more community oriented. And this is just like, you know, anthropology 101 or like culture 101. I mean, we all know this, Um, but it it really does show quite a bit more directly in your face when you're living in, in being a part of an Indian family. Understanding your partner's need to be there for his or her extended relatives. Sometimes that might be sending money. Sometimes that might be um, talking to uh, parents quite regularly uh, more than you would yourself. So especially if you're married or if you're uh, in a relationship with someone who's an eldest son, uh, that's a crucial thing to understand the responsibilities that come along with that. I wanted to tell you about Karadi Tales. They have just adorable resources, chapter books and some bilingual books, many English books for kids as well. If you've ever seen the Karadi Tales uh, videos with Karadi the bear, the na 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 na, <laughs> my kids love those. There's some really incredible stories about like mythology and Indian culture and just adorable stories rooted in Indian culture that they've done several videos on involving animals and different characters. As far as their book selection, I did a few read-alouds on my social media pages with my kids. Look on my Instagram for two books I got recently. Uh, Number one was Tukpa for All, which is a book about a Tibetan family and tells story through food. The second one was Magic in My Fingers. It's a story about a boy and a girl whose father wants to teach them Indian classical music. These books were both in English and so cute. So go to my offers page and discover more about Karar Details. InvisibleIndiaPodcast.com slash offers. The links are also in the show notes. If you're looking for more bilingual or Indian language books, Tulika is an incredible place to look as well. I probably own more Tulika books than any other for Hindi language books for my kids. And these are also great for adult learners as well. Tulika has an incredible amount of resources for multilingual kids' books, and they have a number of Indian languages available. Uh, I have an interview coming up with an author from Tulika, so hold on, and that will be coming soon. I also have a number of suggestions on Hindi kids' books for my Hindi starter kit for kids. It's on my website, invisibleindiapodcast.com, and there will be a prompt to sign up and download that free PDF from the my website if you just go down to the bottom of the page. So yes, Karadi Tales and Tulika Books, that's T-U-L-I-K-A, and Karadi Tales is K-A-R-A-D-I. Number two, language and culture. Uh, I'm going to edit that and say languages and cultures because there's nothing called like Indian culture. Uh, there's There are so many subcultures within the Indian continent. So it really depends on from what part of the country your partner is from. Some of the comments I've gotten when people see my videos like, oh, you adjusted so well and all this. It's like, yeah, but not everyone has to do that. And 
you doesn't mean that this is the one key to have a successful relationship is to adopt the person's culture. I think that um, you really you know, need to make your third culture as a family, especially if you're living in one or the other partner's culture, that it can easily frustrate you if, you, if you're constantly comparing your yourself to the other people in that culture or the other people that are around you uh, and trying to put yourself in a box that you don't belong in, that you never fit in. So don't compare yourself. It's a very hard thing. It's an easy thing to say. It's a very hard thing to practice. Uh, just create a reality that works for you and your family. Like, for example, for, for us, you know, we've worked in so many different jobs. We've both taken turns being the sole provider. That's a very third culture kind of thing. And uh, that doesn't fly in Indian culture necessarily. But, you know, this is just something that we've had to do and create our own culture. So anybody can do that. Number three, I would say, is be really careful in criticizing Indian culture or things that might be perceived as part of Indian culture. You know, it, it, it can be very... Um, easy to complain uh, about things that are different, about things that are irritating, about things that you feel might be forced upon you if you are in a relationship with someone and people want you to like adopt Indian culture and do this and do that. Um, it, it can be really, really challenging to kind of walk through all those emotions and feelings. Uh, and, and it can be kind of like pushback of like, I hate this. I hate this part. I hate this food. I hate like certain things that people are trying to get you to do uh, to like inculturate you <laughs> into the culture or make you feel like you're a part of of the family. Um, one of the things I've seen that is, is pretty common like in any interracial relationship is that sometimes you'll take something that's actually a cultural irritation and project it onto your partner. <laughs> uh, and that can be even worse. Like I mean, just some of the common stereotypes of, uh, you know, like here's one, like, you know, Indian men are mama's boys or something, which isn't necessarily true for everyone. It just is a different way of like perceiving a, a mother-son relationship and like putting that onto your partner and saying, hey, I've seen this movie and that movie. And then your partner is like talking to their mother quite a bit on the phone, like, you know, you're a mama's boy. Like that is not a helpful stereotype to place on them and, and be frustrated with that just because you've heard this or observed this in other cases. This can be especially true if your partner lives outside of India and they feel deeply emotionally connected to the culture. And then if you criticize it, then they feel like you're criticizing their Indianness directly. So I would just be really careful and like make sure that you're not personally you know, rejecting them by making critical comments about Indian culture. So you can express your opinion, but don't internalize that it's their fault that you got sick from street food, or it's their fault that traffic is really loud, uh, according to you, um, or because some random auntie criticized you at an event and the way that you were dancing or the way that you're wearing your sorry. Like, that's not necessarily your partner's fault. <laughs> don't project it. Keep it. Keep it in unpersonal. So those are three super, super quick tips of just, not even tips, just like observations that I had uh, about things that I've had to adjust and things that mentalities that I've had learned and wanted to share with others about being in a relationship with an Indian. If you really like this video, let's blow it up with your comments and help me convince Abhishek that why he needs to make a help I'm married to an American video.
<laughs> Please continue to support us. We are so thankful.